On my very first day at NASA, at some point between the HR intake and a tour of the Electromagnetic Compliance Studies building, some overzealous newly hired engineer turns to the rest of us and asks, Don't you feel like your entire life has led you to this moment? Like you were meant to be here? Aside from eager beaver, there are 14 of us starting today. Fourteen of us fresh out of top five graduate programs and prestigious internships and CV-beefing industry jobs, accepted exclusively to look more attractive during NASA's next round of recruitment. There are fourteen of us, and the thirteen that aren't me are all nodding enthusiastically. Always knew I'd end up at NASA, ever since I was like five, says a shy-looking girl. She's been sticking by my side for the entire morning, I assume because we are the only two non-dudes in the group. I must say, I don't mind it too much. Perhaps it's because she's a computer engineer while I'm aerospace, which means there's a good chance that I won't see much of her after today. Her name is Alexis, and she's wearing a NASA necklace on top of a NASA t-shirt that only barely covers the NASA tattoo on her upper arm. I bet it's the same for you, Hannah, she adds, and I smile at her because Sadie and Mara insisted that I shouldn't be my resting bitch self now that we live in different time zones. They are convinced that I need to make new friends, and I have reluctantly agreed to put in a solid effort just to get them to shut up. So I nod at Alexis like I know exactly what she means, while privately, I think, not really. When people find out that I have a PhD, they tend to assume that I was always an academically driven child, that I cruised through school my entire life in a constant effort to overachieve, that I did so well as a student I decided to remain one long after I could have booked it and freed myself from the shackles of homework and nights spent cramming for never-ending tests. People assume, and for the most part I let them believe what they want. Caring what others think is a lot of work, and with a handful of exceptions, I'm not a huge fan of work. The truth, though, is quite the opposite. I hated school at first sight, with the direct consequence that school hated the sullen, listless child that I was right back. In the first grade, I refused to learn how to write my name, even though Hannah is only three letters repeated twice. In junior high, I set a school record for the highest number of consecutive detention days. What happens when you decide to take a stand and not do homework for any of your classes because they're too boring, too difficult, too useless, or all of the above? Until the end of my sophomore year, I couldn't wait to graduate and leave all of school behind. The books, the teachers, the grades, the cliques, everything— I didn't really have a plan for after, except for leaving now behind. I had this feeling my entire life that I was never going to be enough. I internalized pretty early that I was never going to be as good, as smart, as lovable, as wanted as my perfect older brother and my flawless older sister. And after several failed attempts at measuring up, I just decided to stop trying. Stop caring, too. By the time I was in my teens, I just wanted, well, to this day, I'm not sure what I wanted at 15. For my parents to stop fretting about my inadequacies, maybe. For my peers to stop asking me how I could be the sibling of two former all-star valedictorians. 
I wanted to stop feeling as though I were rotting in my own aimlessness, and I wanted my head to stop spinning all the time. I was confused, contradictory, and, looking back, probably a shitty teenager to be around. Sorry, Mom and Dad and the rest of the world. No hard feelings, eh? Anyhow, I was a pretty lost kid. Until Brian McDonald, a junior, decided that asking me to homecoming by opening with, Your eyes are as blue as a sunset on Mars, might get me to say yes. For the record, it's a horrifying pickup line. Do not recommend. Use sparingly. Use not at all, especially if, like me, the person you're trying to pick up has brown eyes and is fully aware of it. But what was an undeniable low point in the history of flirting ended up serving, if you'll forgive a very self-indulgent metaphor, as a meteorite of sorts. It crashed into my life and changed its trajectory.